0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: The final November edition of Believe in Vikings. We're on the bye week. The Vikings are 500, which if you would have told us this about six weeks ago, we'd be like, sweet, we're 500. But uh, with the way the last two games have gone, it's almost a depressing version of 500. The, the playoffs are still about six weeks away, so we shall see if the Vikings are taking those. We're going to get into some stuff tonight. Bryant, I first want to ask you, sir, because you are the player on the panel. <laughs> uh, when a team has, you know, they start the season with a three-game losing streak, and then they start to get right. They win five games in a row against NFC teams. Then they lose two squeakers about against teams they should have beat. What would the locker room feel like with the ups and downs? Is it just a constant rallying cry, or kind of take us through that?
0: Um I mean, I feel like always after a loss, you're just like kind of eager to get out there and kind of get some type of redemption and play harder the following week. Um <clears throat> yeah, I mean I don't really know what else to say. When,
1: well let's let's use that two thousand five season for an example because of that long win streak that you guys had. Um like once that stops or you come back down to earth. And like, like these Vikings have lost two in a row. I'm sure. I'm sure you thought Monday was a kind of nasty. Like, do you, you always maintain that hope? Like, God, we were that damn good. We won five in a row. We were right in the driver's seat. Um, is it, is it because you know that you have a talented squad that you can get right back on the horse and keep going? Because from a fan's perspective, a lot of folks are like, God, which version is the real version of this team? Is it the 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 losing streak team or the winning streak team? Yeah,
0: and also like a lot of things that play factors like healthy and who's not, you know, who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like this season we didn't really have everybody, um, but they were still finding ways to win. You know what I mean? Without even having, you know, all the top guys. Uh, so I really don't know the identity of this team because it's been like a lot of like, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: well, the and identity, then I you yeah, the know, identity so- has been injured. That's, yeah, uh, that's the problem. Thankfully, uh, out of nowhere, the defense has played really well since week yeah. five. Uh, starting against the Panthers, they had a get-right game against a lousy opponent, and we we took it with a grain of salt. Where well, these Panthers aren't very good, but then after that, it really turned into a good defense. And now, by almost every metric, efficiency metric, they're a top ten group, which is makes it a little bit more sad. Well, they can't get things going on offense consistently because. If you think about it, Ron, a a top eight defense, which is they rank number eight right now per EPA per play. If you had cousins and you had Jefferson, man, the sky would have been the limit. Um, But we were dealt this hand of the injuries Uh, with all of this said here on Josh Dobbs. I think it's safe to say we're going to ask Sally about this momentarily that the honeymoon's over that is worn off. There's been way too many turnovers in the last two games, Uh, but I want to, I want to get your perspective, sir. We knew this guy was a backup quarterback, probably for a reason, have you seen enough of him to go back to Nick Mullins or try Jaron Hall, or does Josh Dobbs deserve a shot to get it right with Justin Jefferson in the lineup?
2: I mean, I, th- I think he does deserve that shot. Um, now, I think people, well, for one, yes, he did not play very well, you know, or what Monday, and then also, again, the prior week. But I think what people are failing to realize is he's a backup quarterback. He's a career backup. So it's hard to put the blame on him when that's what he is. Like We're trying to compare his playing ability, his style, to Kirk Cousins, who I think people are starting to realize that you – you miss a lot of uh, like you take for granted a lot of what kirk cousins brings to the table ball placement like that throw to tj hawkinson on fourth down that's in front of him that's a first down by hawkinson like there's little things like that that Mm -hmm. again you can criticize it in the sense of how he played but you can't put the blame on him because he's a backup it's it's a tough spot for him so with that said i think I'm kind of torn because I, I think we still have a, the way our defense is playing and the way that Dobbs has shown he's capable of making enough plays to win a game. Um, it just so happened that, you know, things just completely unraveled on Monday. Um, but I, th- I think he's earned that shot. But then I'm, part of me is also like, <clears throat> we know he's not the future. Like, you know, people who wanted us to sign him to a multi-year deal and he oh he's the answer no like what he has the mobility like he completely lacks with the processing of of plays like he even go back to the denver game that touchdown he threw to josh oliver he missed the first read um or what i assume was the first read to madison in the flat um he held on to it way too long scrambled out and then made a great play because of his athleticism but you're missing the these tight windows and also i hate to say it but he can't throw outside of the numbers like i i there's no consistency on anything outside inside. He's got a good strong arm and it's there, but there's, so there's a lot of frustration with that. So the part of me wants to see Jaren Hall just to see what he has. But then there's also a part where I don't think he's a long-term answer either way. Like, cause again, he's, you know, he's 25. Like I think he has a, a future in the NFL as a backup, like what Nick Mullins is. But um I mean, I'm kind of torn either way. I think, Realistically, I think Nick Mullins would be the best chance to win uh, with this team. And I said that even after the preseason, like he's a very competent backup. He plays the system well. Um, but I think there's just a lot um, to be desired with with what we have in the quarterback room, because you want a mobile guy who can make off script plays, but, you know, the on script stuff isn't always there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's also isn't a fair uh, shot. Ron, you
0: won't go one and one. Isn't it funny how like, hey isn't it funny I'm how Rambler, you year, know that. Oh I am waiting to jump in, but I was like, all right. <laughs> um isn't it funny how like last year like the offense was like the high power and the defense struggle? Now this year it's kind of like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. It's like that quick. It's like why can't we just get them to be on uh, on the same page?
2: Oh yeah. Um, and I think we were headed that way before cousins a, got hurt. Um,
0: with a new quarterback like that, and he's been a backup teams have to it it was going to take them a couple weeks to kind of get a feel for him to to game playing him and see his tendencies and then to kind of, you know, hone in on that a little bit, too. So I I can see that happening after a while, too. But
1: sorry, I just had to get that in front of God. You're you're, you're fine. fine. The the, the story story on Dobbs. Ron is even in the Atlanta game and the Saints game. He had some clumsy shit that he did, but it was masked because he used his legs to get outside the pocket and make some pretty fancy touchdown runs. Curiously, he hasn't done that. I don't know if he's been told to not do that or if they're just not scripting enough off script plays, if that makes any sense. But he these turnovers have been present the whole time. It's just they're lifted up from losses. And when he doesn't make up for it with his legs, because I think we all know he's not a brilliant thrower of the ball. Um, then it becomes a problem. And on Nick Mullins, I I actually believe that, I I don't know, I probably need to see one more week of speculation, but I think that he's probably going to get the nod for a couple reasons. Kevin O'Connell had every opportunity to say, plant the flag and be like, no, Dobbs is our starter. He had one bad game. What are you guys talking about? He did not do that. He also said in the same you know, press conference that his goal is to get somebody who can feed Justin Jefferson because he is the focal point of the offense. Uh, Josh Dobbs hasn't done a very good job of feeding Jordan Addison. Addison hasn't scored since Cousins was the quarterback. And then in September, Kevin O'Connell said that he's not going to play players who fumble the ball because you are just setting yourself up for failure. He basically said he's going to bench anybody, you know, in a a very, very friendly Kevin O'Connell way. Anybody that can't fix the fumble problem Not going to make it. So I believe that it it might be the Mullins show based on all of those those little hints. Um, And plus, Mullins is basically Diet Cousins. Um, Ron, you talked about him knowing the playbook. He's been here now for a season and about 1.7 seasons and probably has a firm grasp. But Sally has joined and we are on this topic of the quarterback. And I want to know from, from you, does Josh Dobbs deserve the benefit of the doubt and a shot to run this offense with Justin Jefferson inside it?
3: I think that he absolutely does deserve a chance to run the offense with Justin Jefferson. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not rewatch the game um, for Monday because, well, I don't know. I guess I just had better things to do, like socks to sort and stuff. Um <laughs> It, and it was disappointing to see his performance and I understand why people want to move on from him, but they are still in the playoff hunt. They are still in a good position. And so I, I would like to at least give him another week. Um, you know, they have a buy, a bye, and have him get some reps with JJ and, and see what happens. I don't think it can be much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think there's going to be that big of a drop-off from a Nick Mullins to a Jaren Hall to what Josh Dobbs can, yep. can do
1: This is, and I feared this way back, way back, a month ago, I feared this, that when Cousins went down, somehow, some way, we were going to end up in a quarterback carousel, or at least argument conversation, kind of like we used to have with Tarveris Jackson, Brooks Bollinger, Kelly Holcomb, uh, from that era, because when you don't have a surefire QB1, uh, you know, as much as either love or dislike Cousins... You're setting yourself up for the carousel. I mean, it's no fault of their own. This injury happened and they they won five games altogether without Justin Jefferson. So they have made something of the season. But yeah, I think certainly for the next 10-11 uh, days, we're going to have the conversation about what they should do. And then probably the fruition in a week or so of what they will do between the three options. Uh, Ron, aside from turnovers, I think everybody in Viking land, especially on this show, knows that that's the chief bane. Uh, when they fix that, when they don't have an upside down turnover differential, they win games. And when they when they do have that, they lose. It's pretty cut and dry. But what else can the Vikings fix on the bye week besides, you know, just stopping the picks and the fumbles?
2: I mean, I think the common thread is the lack of aggression, um, both on offense and defense. Like, that's two weeks in a row that we had a chance to, you know, try to put points on the board um, to to end the game or to ice the game or at least give us a better shot, and they didn't do it. And then the other side of it is, um, you know, Brian Flores and the defense. As great as they played for 58 minutes, you have Justin Fields who couldn't throw beyond the line of scrimmage at all and you give him you, – you rush – the first play, we rushed three men. I was like, they're going to score – they're, they're going to get in field goal range pretty quickly. And uh, for a defense that's aggressive, um, to see that um, against – you you're not playing Peyton Manning. Like, mm-hmm. you're going up against Justin Fields. So that, to me, is the biggest thing is they preach that they are an aggressive unit, um, but when it matters, they fall off of that. Um, so I'd like to see them – you know, again, go it's the it's they're playing the way Zimmer would play in the past, and he got chastised for it. So um I just want to see O'Connell, you know, take the reins a little more and have more trust in his philosophy and not be too passive at the end of games.
1: Mine is short and sweet, and whether it's Dobbs, Mullins, or Jaron Hall, although I do not think it will be Hall to start the game, I want them to throw the ball to wide receivers. Um I think Josh Dobbs has fallen in love with TJ Hawkinson, which has kept the team afloat. But I think you – well, I know you have two first-round receivers. One happens to be the best in the league who will be back against the Raiders, and the other one is creeping on a come-up and Jordan Addison. And it seems even with Brandon Powell or K.J. Osborne, we we kind of turned into like the Bridgewater Vikings, um, the team that doesn't really target wide receivers – like Bridgewater had problems with in Denver. He didn't really throw it to wide receivers, and Broncos fans could never really understand it. I hope if it's Dobbs or Mullins or eventually Hall that they get Addison and Jefferson involved because Hawkinson's great, but you've got other stuff to to throw to. Sally, aside from turnovers and play calling, aggression, or Brian Flores, anything else you'd like to see him fix coming out of the bye week?
3: Uh, No, I think you guys hit everything on the head. It was so exciting to see the first play of the game um on monday night how they did take this big deep threat risk mm-hmm. and it almost paid off and then they didn't really go back to it and um i i don't know i don't know you guys i'm so upset i love josh dobbs so much i don't know yeah. everything else
1: <laughs> i think um, the i think yeah. the deep stuff can be <clears throat> more prevalent when jefferson's get, gets back maybe not to him specifically because he's he's not quite like randy moss uh, when it's downfield all the way, <clears throat> but you do have guys like Brandon Powell or even Addison, who in theory, whether it's Mullins or Dobbs, uh, he should free up a lot of real estate in in you know that area of the field if you want to take more shots with with Dobbs or Mullins. Uh, Bryant, we've had the show for <clears throat> over three years now. Can you give us the bye week speech? What does a player do on a bye week? Do you do you do you go back home? Do you chill out? What do you? Um, some people just chill out there
0: um some people depending on where they live they'll go home um for a couple of days i'm not sure when they got let go because um like i seen the Ravens have a bye week this week too and he mm-hmm. gave them up the whole week i don't know when they they was able to leave yesterday or today and so it's like to get go home and be around family and kind of get away for a second that's your break and then come back um you probably have to be back on Monday and ready to, you know, get back to business. So that's the time to kind of like just get a step away from a minute and kind of refresh your body, um, your mind and everything. And just kind of like, just get away from the game.
1: I probably know the answer to this question, but <clears throat> does the time just fly by? Is it? It yeah. does. <laughs> cause
0: you, you just,
1: cause you used to being like at work
0: all day. So you're like sitting here like, it's already two o'clock, and then you always a picture like what you'd have been doing that day around the town. Like, she's over this time. We'd have been this and other, but yeah, it goes by really fast. It goes by super fast.
2: Yeah, that's, what know, I, that's right. What do seen. you have any? I was just gonna say, do you have any experience? You mentioned the Ravens, and so the Ravens obviously leading their division, um, have an inside track at the one seed in the AFC, and the Vikings are you know fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive. When there's a buy this late in the season, and you're Kind of in that, if fighting for playoff spot. Does that change your mentality on how you re, how you're able to relax for the week? Like, because I'm sure the Ravens are. Yeah, I, 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 than I us think this they week. would
0: take time and really relax, especially well, especially the Vikings take time to really relax and kind of recover and heal from whatever you have, whatever's been nagging you, or whatever. Take that time out where you have no collision as we heal, recover, and. So you can come back and be, you know, ready for the Raiders. And what's crazy is I thought, I didn't look at the date. I'm thinking like, okay, we got the Raiders this week, but that's the following week.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, it's uh, December 10th in Las Vegas. Yeah. And yeah, they have What's funny is I go
0: to Las Vegas on Monday. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. What for? We have the College Football Hall of Fame induction on Tuesday. So we'll be out there for that.
1: Oh, okay. Sweet.
3: Perfect. It's about time you get that done.
1: I know. It was like, they announced it in
0: January.
3: <laughs> so, I know.
1: Yeah, remember his story that he just got a notification in the mail?
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to tell that one again, actually.
1: Yeah, that'll be. Oh, hi, um, Somebody from the school called me and was
0: like, mm-hmm. I thought it was confusion. I thought they were saying University of Miami's Hall of Fame. Because they called me. So I'm like, I'm already in there. <laughs> and she's like, No, um, overall college. I'm like, Oh, are you sure? Nobody told me. And um, I didn't realize it was like, I was doing something else. Didn't realize it was like the national championship game that day. And they're like, yeah, you're supposed to got something in the mail. I didn't check my mail. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't see. And so afterwards I did check and there was something in the mail. And then they were like, well, watch the game. They'll announce it, I guess, in the pre-show or something. And they did. I turned it on. They did. We're like, oh, wow. Yeah, so, thanks yeah. for letting me
2: know. I don't with that, Brian. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, because I saw you do some uh, or on Instagram or whatever, talking about your starting lineup of your teammates, and which is just unreal going through, like, that list of 22 players or whatever. Because but, it's like, you I'm, have to say, because they mentioned college and then all the people I played with in the right. pros. It was kind of hard. Yeah. And and I was it's putting it's on just podcast, unreal.
0: <laughs> you see, when like I got the receivers, I kind of got, like, a little tripped up. Cause I said um, Percy Harvin, then I had to take him off because I forgot about Andre Johnson.
2: <laughs> and that, yeah, it's uh, the list was just ridiculous. But uh, the, no, like I, then I, because on something that I saw, I didn't realize you were eighth in Heisman voting year uh, or that year too. Oh, yeah, I just <laughs> I've never seen an office for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just
3: stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: So, linemen get Heisman votes. He had your, like, eighth uh, and, I want to say
0: what did as well. Oh, but for okay. me, I knew, not, I knew nothing about, like, the Heisman <laughs> all I knew was, like, quarterbacks, running backs, so when they told me, you know, of course, it was after the award show and, like, the PR guy for our team was like, you know, you finished eighth of the highs, I was like, oh, what does that mean? Like, you know, I realize it now, but at the time when he told me I was in college, I'm like, okay, I didn't win. Like, what does that mean? <laughs>
2: The craziest part about it is like not just that an offensive lineman is getting, but an offensive lineman on one of the greatest college football teams of all time that had right. that was loaded with what 36 NFL players, like right? And so is, that, that's impressive, yeah. Uh,
1: Ron, so we are at the bye week now. Um, this is week 13. After that, we got five games left. The Vikings probably need to finish three and two to get into the postseason dance. Anything less than that will have them and us scoreboard watching in early January. But now that we are at the bye week, what is the most positive or optimistic surprise this far from this team?
2: You know, I think overall the just the defense. Um, because I think we can all sit up here and say that <clears throat> um it, coming into the season and as the season has gone on, that they you know, lacked talent, like that elite level talent, but we knew schematically that they would be better. But to see the likes of Josh Metellus um like game in, game out, he's making plays. Like he um for a guy who was it last year that he had uh that he gave up a long touchdown to end a game um or, or something like that where he mm-hmm. whatever, but see the where he's come from, um and then Cam Bynum and all these other guys and even, you know, DJ Wanham like making impact plays um or you know looking the part of a a very good rotational piece. So I think the elevation of a lot of those um, players that we didn't know much about, even before Jordan Hicks went down, Jordan Hicks was playing at an extremely high level. And that's a guy that um, has had a good career, but I think this year has been his best um, in in his career. So um, that's me. If there's one thing, um, I'm hoping it doesn't lead Flores to go get a job elsewhere selfishly as a Vikings fan. Um, I'm hoping that we can see one more year uh, with a little bit better talent uh, because, you know, the money that we'll have to spend uh, um, on players would be uh, would be nice to see, um, see him with some more talent. But um, that's what I would say.
1: Sally, do you have one aside from Flores, one of the most optimistic surprises so far?
3: Not really. I think that... <laughs> I think that we pretty much can all agree that it's that it is the defense is the most exciting. And I think um, we all predicted a higher record for this team um, to start the season, even before Kirk Cousins went out. We didn't expect them to have the struggles that they did have. And um, honestly, it's just been so great to see them figure out some of those issues without despite having Kirk out they haven't given up they've still you know came out there and put the product like believed in themselves and gotten wins that we didn't really expect them to get so even though it is not the season we expected I still think that um they're they're doing great I don't know I don't know
1: I uh and one of my Pre, right, right before the season started, prediction publications I wrote that the defense would finish between twelfth and sixteenth per you know whether it's EPA per play or DVOA or points allowed, and it seems they're going to exceed that. And it didn't really feel like they were going to in the first three games. Daniel off. Hunter
0: leads like the league in sex, right?
1: Yeah, he he and TJ Watt are tied right now at 13 and a half. Daniel leads and yeah. tackles for loss. Yeah, he's just had he's not had a single bad game, and he's been a a savior with Marcus Davenport out. I would say my most optimistic surprise, other than Brian Flores being the real deal, is that this draft class, Jordan uh, Addison, uh, Makai Blackman, Ivan Pace, if you want to add him in there, they're they're playing well. Uh, Ivan Pace, all undrafted starter, Addison, uh, his stock might be a little bit low after Monday's couple gaffes, but he's going to be a fantastic wide receiver. And even though the 2022 draft class takes a lot of heat, mainly because of Seen. I mean, you still have uh, Ed Ingram, who's a starter, uh, Caleb Evans, who's a starter, Ty Chandler, who's transitioning into that, we think. Right? Andrew Booth is playing. So I, I try to always go back to this stigma that Quasi Jaffa-Minsa hasn't drafted well, and I don't quite get it. I think it's all a big Lewis scene talker. But even if you think the 2022 draft class is underwhelming, um, <clears throat> I think Quasi is starting to, to get it right because Addison, I think, on a regular NFL team that didn't have Justin Jefferson could be on... Uh, track to be a WR one and wouldn't even be that big of a debate. So it's cool that the Vikings have to have those. There was always a chance that Addison was just kind of meh, but I think he's significantly better than that. And any of these strange incompletions that he had or the, the tip ball interceptions, those are rookie growing pains. So I will say the unexpected product or the confirmation of production from rookies like Addison or Blackman or Ivan pace. All right. My last thing for the group, Ron, I'm going to start with you. I said on some other show earlier today, I think it was a radio show, that this will be the first time in a long time that I've sat down for a Vikings game, this one against Raiders, with total cluelessness about regarding what's about to happen. And usually, you know, when Kirk Cousins is the quarterback since five and a half, six years now, you kind of know, all right, it's going to be, we know how, we're probably going to win this game, or if it's at the Chiefs, we're going to lose this bastard. But with this game, even against a meh opponent in the Raiders, because the Vikings have had two, one really bad game against the Bears and one pretty bad fourth quarter against the Broncos, I have no clue what to expect from the Vikings after this bye week. Are you in that same boat or have you channeled some beacon of positivity that thinks they're going to come out hot?
2: I mean, I think I'm right there with you. It's uh, because you don't know what to expect. You know, the defense is going to continue to play well. I don't think there's, I think they have enough equity now to know that they're going to, you know, at least show their dominance um, at parts of the game. Um, But yeah, offensively, like you would anticipate that with Jefferson back um, that you know, they're going to pepper him with targets, like as they should. But then, yeah, to your point from earlier, like it's going to open it up for Addison, for Osborne, for hopefully Powell. Hopefully he continues to have a role in this offense because he's looked dynamic. Um, so you expect it to be an improvement, but it's hard to say with confidence that you expect anything more than what we've seen the last eight quarters. So um, I think I'm right there with you. I, and if it goes one way or the other, yeah, I don't think I'll be shocked.
1: Yeah, that's the weird part is
2: trying to if they come out and somehow win
1: like 31 10 or something, I'd be like, all right, after the bye week, they got hot. Kevin O'Connell, he did the thing. But if they come out and look like morons, they'll be like, Nuts. here we go. Keep going. This is one of those years. Uh, Bryant, knowing what you know about the losing streak then the winning streak and this miniature losing streak, they do have a really good motivator in Kevin O'Connell, like a eternally optimistic guy. What do you expect from the Vikings coming out of the bye week?
0: I expect them to come out and play hard, um, take advantage of this time off and rest and, you know, help their body heal and things like that. So I feel like they'll be a little more fresh. Just the only thing about coming out of Bobby sometimes is people start off slow Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: in the first half, but it just all depends on the mindset, too. The last thing they had was a loss, so I feel like they'll be a little more eager to get back on the field in play, and then the Raiders is a team that's a beatable team, so I feel like just really take advantage of it and get this win.
1: Sally, we we've seen a team of streaks with these Vikings, and the Raiders also have a bye this week. <laughs> what do you do? You have generalized cluelessness, cluelessness like Ron and I, or do you expect them to come out and look pretty good in eleven days?
3: Yeah, of course, it, it is definitely more clueless. um your comment about 31 to 10 is comical, I think, because I don't know <laughs> if we've ever seen, when I don't think I've known in a lifetime when that happened. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, and the Raiders are so unpredictable too, With since they fired their coach, how they have, you know, gotten some wins together. But I do think that um, the Vikings, this Vikings team will look different than the one we at least saw Monday night. I do think that they'll come out um, with more confidence and hopefully execute some some long drives and get a touchdown and um, build on that with JJ back. And, you know, they know that their season is going to be on the line um, that day. And I think, I think that they will get it together. I'm feeling confident about it.
2: Yeah. But we'll I'm, see who the
3: quarterback is, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm talking myself into that, you know, cause you always have to find a way to find the hope uh, even with, you know, cousins out. And so you're kind of playing with house money with all mm-hmm. these backups. The thing that I keep coming back to and this is kind of a no-brainer, is that, all right, well, what happens if they suck and they just look like they did against the Bears on offense? They're getting Justin Jefferson back, and at the very least, that should be worth a point that would have beat the Broncos and two points that should have beat the Bears. I don't think they're going to come out and look, Mullins or Dobbs going to look just pro-bowlish, but with Jefferson back, and you keep losing these games by mere points, he should be enough as a target in the field to get them, you know, an extra field goal or in the Broncos case, an extra safety uh, to, to you know, to win by one point instead of losing. That's what I'm, that's what I'm banking on. And just, I mean, we thought we were, we thought the Vikings were pretty much dead in the water after Jefferson got hurt and they lost to the chiefs and they came out and looked kind of stupid against the Panthers until they didn't when DJ Wanham and Harrison Smith turned the season around with one turnover touchdown. So I think we're all hoping that, they, they flip it again like that and they go on a win streak. <clears throat> My final little speech is with these five games left, the Vikings are six and six. If they go five and oh, we see that they have a, a five game win streak in their toolkit. They would probably win the NFC North uh, at four and one They're They'd likely grab the sixth seed unless Dallas takes a little falling off. And then three and two would be almost certainly get the sixth or the seventh seed and anything less than three and two in the final five games is going to be us watching what the Packers are doing or the Rams or, or Falcons or something like that. It'd be one of those seasons, which we're somewhat accustomed to. All right, group, anything else, Ryan, you got any closing arguments for us?
0: Um, No, next week. He actually was about to join us this week, but I told him wait till next week. Oh. Donald Pena be our guest. Who? Donald
1: Penn. Oh, really? Okay, sweet.
0: The we name need to get Raiders, Jared Allen Raiders on the, the horn, too. Vikings,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Work. Anything from you, Ron? Before he's we the sign one off that Jared Allen me. grabbed the face mask
2: of <laughs> in the Fury <Yeah>. call. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'll Very
1: be per- that'll be perfect for Raider Week. Sally, any closing arguments?
3: Uh, not really. No. What are you guys doing for bye week? Anything fun?
1: Nope not not really. Um, I enjoy. Kind of the stress free weekend of being able to watch Red Zone and focus on fantasy football. Uh I mean, I, <clears throat> I'd always rather have the Vikings on, but this week getting getting your fantasy teams ready for postseason push on my end of the world that's always fun. <laughs> this
0: is a late bye week, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's as late as you can get, and I like I like it that way for the Vikings because there's
2: bye weeks next week too. Oh, there is. Oh, I know the Commanders for sure, and uh, yeah.
1: Oh, is there? Is it one of those? There's final two. Okay, yeah. I think so. yeah. My bad. <clears throat> All right, group. Well, we'll be back in one week to chat about the Raiders and maybe Dobbs, maybe Mullins. We shall see. Okay.
3: All right. Ready.
1: All right. Talk to you then. All right. All right. Bye, Have a good one. Later. Bye. Thank you for
0: listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.